We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another special episode of Outside the Trenches. BJ Kissel with Nick Leckie and Tucker Franklin. Talk a little bit about the 9-4 and four Chiefs hosting the 8-5 and five Chargers at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California on Thursday night football. The Chiefs have that short week here late in the season, but it is a stadium the Chiefs should get comfortable with considering they'll be back in another 60 days from Thursday playing in Super Bowl LVI, calling it already. Again, we appreciate everybody for watching us out there on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and those listening after the fact on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for all of the support. Nick, we'll start with you. Just how satisfying was that beatdown of the Las Vegas Raiders last Sunday night? I want to know if that was coach-initiated or player-initiated for the dance on the logo. I mean, I just don't. I mean, talk about false confidence and wah-wah shit that I just – I can't stand like, what's the point? What's, are you sending a message that you're mediocre and you want to get stomped? Like, I mean, why poke a bear when a bear's red hot? It just and that bear's sense. been dominating you for so long. Not even that. Just, I mean, look at the past four games as defense and what the, what Las Vegas offense has been about, man. I mean, no. it's, yeah, it's amateur. We'll, we'll continue to get into that. Cause it's my favorite thing. And if the Raider, like, it's we talk about like rivalries kind of like dying off and players free agency you hang out you don't really care as much and then the Raiders do dumb things like take a lap around <laughs> Arrowhead and they go stomp on our logos like thank you and like everybody's marketing is like thank you for pissing off Chiefs fans as you just like brought it back uh, to real life a little bit but uh, Nick I think my favorite part of the whole thing was Derek Carr after the game being asked about it and he was like I'm not going to throw my teammates under the bus because I'm going to support whatever basically dumb ideas they do. So I'm going to support them. So I had their back and it was like, okay, you just basically said it's a terrible idea. Yeah. You didn't want to do it, but I'm going to support them. Kind of just throwing them out anyway. But Tucker, I know your thoughts on it because I sat next to you the entire time it was happening. We talked about mm-hmm. it the entire game, but uh, as we get ready and we're going to break down everything with this game on Thursday night, obviously with the short week, huge game with implications in the AFC West Tucker, but you've got a little update because there's a long, very distinguished list uh, of injured chargers this week right now, obviously with the short week, it's going to be a huge storyline. What do you've got as far as an injury update that the chargers are dealing with right now? 
Well, I, I went ahead and wrote it all down on, on my piece of paper, and I'll show you my notepad here. It's it's full. Um, and I went ahead and wrote, like, stars next to people, drew stars next to people that are, like, kind of important, that are like, okay, that, that guy's pretty pretty decent. There is uh, there's seven stars on here. So seven players that I think are pretty decent players. Jared Cook, quad, did not practice. Now, it should be noted on Monday, both teams didn't practice. It was This is like an estimation that if they would have practiced, this is, would have been their status. Um, Austin Eckler, he's dealing with an ankle injury. He would not have practiced. Derwin James, Hammy didn't practice. Um, Linval Joseph, shoulder, didn't participate. Um, Donald Parman Jr., he had a knee he didn't participate in. Asante Samuel Jr. is dealing with a concussion. He was the only projected limited participant. Everybody else did not would not have practiced. So uh, Mike Williams, a heel, didn't participate. They also had Trey Marshall dealing with an ankle and a hand injury. I thought that was a kind of an interesting combo there. Um, didn't participate. Justin Jones, ankle and a knee, uh, didn't participate. And Aloe Gilman with a quad did not participate. Um, you know, they've also been dealing with covid and they've got they had um was it Keenan Allen go on the COVID list before last week's game? Um, he'll probably be back. I, I'm not 100 percent sure his status, his vaccination status, all that, anything. But they did put Rashawn Slater, who's wow, basically been their only good offensive lineman, um, on the COVID list. And it, I think I think he is vaccinated. I need to check with my Chargers guy. I'm pretty sure he is vaccinated. So that means. He can return with two negative tests before Thursday. So two, 20, two negative tests, 24 hours apart, and he has to be asymptomatic on the top of that. Um, so that's that's going to be pretty big to watch. Chiefs have some own COVID stuff of their own. Just before we hopped on, Chris Jones was added to the COVID protocol um, along with Josh Gordon. I thought the wording was interesting from Andy Weed when he said it's the COVID protocol, not that he tested positive for COVID. Um, so it could be something where it's um, a close contact, but we'll see. Yeah, I would also caution anyone to overly um, analyze Coach Reed's words when it comes to injuries. I know it's COVID and all of that, but Coach yeah. Reed just kind of throws it out there and then puts it on Rick or somebody else if there's confusion to come right. out. But there's so much more now with information that the beat writers, so anybody listening, follow on social media, there's going to be clarity as far as what that means for these big-time players. And the way the Chiefs' defensive front is playing, and we'll get into that when we break down this matchup, but the way the Chiefs' defensive front has been playing over the last five weeks, they absolutely need Rashawn Slater, who, even though he's on another team, will give credit when credit's due. I know we've got Trey Smith, we've got Creed Humphrey, but on the same token at left tackle, Rashawn Slater could very well, and I'm stealing the the analysis from Duke Manyweather because when it comes to offensive line, it's like a parrot. Whatever yeah. Duke says, because he's he's the guy, and he does train Rashawn Slater in full disclosure, but Rashawn Slater's playing at an all-pro level. Nick, I know you were nodding when his name came up. Just how special has Slater been from what you've seen? Just from week one on, he's just been dominant. He's been he's super athletic, um, super hungry. Uh, just slotted right in. And from from week one, week two, it was um, him and Trent Smith. As far as you know, who are like your top top tackles in the league? And you got young guy, old guy, and he's playing like an established vet. And it's really cool to see. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's pretty. Like that'll be something I'll be watching if he clears protocol. I'll be watching whoever he's matched up again versus that left side. I think you combine two of the the top tackles. I think you combine Trent Williams and Tyron Smith. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Trent Smith. Those are that. two of them. They're, they're just switch them out, but those are guys are absolute studs. Tucker, what do you got? Duke Miniweather also trains Trey Smith and Creed. Uh, Humphrey. Yeah. So now you look at his pedigree of the guys he's trained. This isn't a. This is obviously a pro Duke podcast, but uh, just <laughs> looking at his body of work. Yeah, I mean, come on. 
he's doing pretty well. He trained other guys that, uh, that we've all heard of over the years, but um, yeah. very much a pro Duke podcast here. So guys, before we get into the show, I do want to thank our sponsor, Jack Stack Barbecue. Obviously, you've got the six locations. You can go ahead in Kansas City, but they are also running gift card promotions right now for the holiday seasons. Jack Stack gift card promo. If you purchase a $100 gift card and you gift that to somebody for the holidays, you yourself will receive a $20 bonus gift card to use for yourself. Again, spend $100 on a gift for somebody else. Get a $20 gift card for yourself. You can find the link on how to do that here in our comment section right now. Or you can just go to jackstackbbq.com for more information or follow any of their social media channels. It's a nice little gift uh, for the holiday season. And so we we were also gifted some information this morning. Um, not Chiefs related, but uh, definitely somebody that we all know and want to have an opportunity on this platform to show a little love to Sam Mellinger uh, of now formerly the Kansas City Star as he accepted the vice president of communications position taking over for the legend Mike Swanson. And he was moving over and working for the Kansas City Royals. I know, Tucker, we were talking a little bit uh, before we went on and went live today. Uh, your thoughts on this, because uh, there's a lot of people that are going to be saying a lot of positive things all day for very good reason uh, about yeah. Sam and uh, you yourself for sharing a story. Yeah, I think that uh, growing up in the Kansas City area, I had always wanted to be a sports writer. I had known that for a long time. Like so ever since I saw Stuart Scott on TV, I was like, yeah, I think I, I want to do that. Uh, Stuart Scott made it cool. And then once I started to follow the local guys around town, I grew up, a lot of people grew up with Joe Poznanski, um, Jason Whitlock as as their sports writer, sports columnist. I got Sam Mellinger, luckily. Um, and so I got to read his work and I really learned to just enjoy his writing. And when I went to college, I even connected with Sam a few times and he really helped me out with my own writing style. Um, as, as a writer, uh, and he's always been so gracious with his time with me, just to meet with me, sit down with me, talk with me. Uh, I When I had Roughing the Kicker, the Chiefs podcast last year, he sat down and we had, like a, I think, an hour-long conversation um, just about the Chiefs and like what, what they're doing heading into the playoffs, like one of the most stressful and intense times, and he uh, gave an hour of his time to me. So I think uh, every time I've tried to write a tweet to to say congratulations to Sam, I always run out of characters. Um, and because I there's so much I just want to say. So um, I, I just I'm so happy for Sam, and I'm excited to see what he does with the Royals. I think that's incredibly awesome, and, and it's great to see uh, good guys like him good get good work. I've joked about this with Sam over the years because when my wife and I uh, were living in San Diego years ago, back in like 2009, you know, I had just joined Arrowhead pride as a, as a freak, you know, as a writing fan post, you know, contributing however I could um, just trying to, you know, converse with other chiefs fans while we were living out in, in California. It's how I got my start for anyone who didn't know that. Um, and one of the first people I reached out to was Sam. And when the chiefs played the chargers out there, and I'm pretty sure it was the year that like Brody Croyle got that start. And I knew I was a Homer back then because I had convinced everybody at my tailgate that we had a shot in that game. I was like, nobody knows what Brody <laughs> Croyle can do. Like we, you have no idea. He'd go out there and sling True. it around. Uh, we had like 60 yards total <laughs> offense in that game. Um, <laughs> like it was, it was brutal. But um, but I think it was the day before. I think that was the year. But uh, the day before that, Sam and I met at uh, Cass Street Bar and Grill. 
and I ordered a teriyaki steak sandwich for him, which if anyone knows me, if anyone ever goes to San Diego, I tell them to go to that dive bar and order that sandwich at that spot in Pacific Beach because it's a great little spot. But Sam gave me like an hour of his time when he was on the road, you know, covering a game as a professional media guy. Here I am, this blogger, doesn't really know what he's doing, just trying to like, you know, make my way through it and have fun at that time. I had no idea what it, I was going to try to do with it. I'm trying to get a full-time job or do anything like what's happened and he gave me like tucker what you said he gave me some of his time and we got to know each other and, and developed a really good friendship uh starting kind of there uh and just being like man this guy was so accomplished at the time we all knew who he was i've said for a long time he's the best writer in this city always has been uh, as long as i've been you know covering or following anything uh chiefs related and the way that it you know i kind of have been now and he was just so down to earth and gracious with his time. I think it's awesome for the Royals to give him this opportunity. Um, definitely like an outside the box for that position for a PR communications mm -hmm. position. Uh, but he's the perfect person to bridge that gap. And it's going to be great for Royals fans. Can be great for people who cover the team. I, I'm going to laugh, you know, the first time Vahe and those guys getting a disagreement, <laughs> going from coworkers to, you know, That's covering fair. the same team. That's going to be a fun, uh, fun thing for all of them, but couldn't be more, happy for sam and uh and for royals fans in general everybody in kansas city is one of the good ones and uh, it's a great opportunity for him nick uh kind of put you on the spot now did you cross paths with sam i didn't know if you knew that news we haven't talked beforehand but uh he accepted that job taking over for mike swanson who tweeted out how happy he is for sam as well but yeah. uh what are your thoughts i've always enjoyed mellinger's minutes you know mm -hmm. I've, I've always mm -hmm. uh, i've always thought you know his tweets were, were really smart um, I don't read much. I know it sounds weird. I don't read much um, sports media. <laughs> I watch film and, uh, you know, some death scroll through Twitter every now and again. But Sam's always been, you know, he's well-respected in his community. And, and I think it's great the Royals doing that move. Uh, by the way, I'm a big fan of, of people putting out bodies of work regarding writing, um, you know, being on ESPN, you know, Fox, any of those major sports outlets and saying, you know what? This guy can do it. Uh, look at, is it Mayock? Is he the, uh, the Raiders GM, right? I mean, currently fantasy, yes. yeah, right. uh, <laughs> fantasy guy, but, but he assembled a great squad, you know, this, they, yeah. he's, and I, I really like that. It's like, you know, you, you prove yourself and, and, the, and I think it's one of the advantages of Twitter is that in mm -hmm. Miller earned his stripes, man. Good for him. Yeah. And the media landscaping is changing. You know, you go talk to like college students. I know Tucker, you've joked about like being somebody who talks to students now. It's like, yeah. you don't know what to tell them. I didn't know what to tell them five years ago. And media is completely different now than it was five years ago. And even then it was like, I don't know what it's going to look like. The jobs that, you know, kids are going for now aren't, don't exist. And so for the Royals to kind of think through that kind of way, especially for that position, and I know that people that kind of get into this understand the kind of dynamics um, of the communications roles and just kind of how it works with media and the asks and all that. Uh, and to get somebody with that background, it's a really unique um, move. I haven't heard a lot of companies or organizations doing things like that. So anyway, more power to you, Sam. Let's uh, guys, let's get into this Chiefs Chargers game on Thursday night. Uh, and let's go to the front of the queue, our three hot topics to break down uh, for this game. And Nick, I want to start with you. Are the Chiefs the best defense in the NFL right now, which is amazing seven <laughs> weeks? Like if you would have fast forwarded, like rewind and, and heard this topic, you would have thought we were just trolling everybody. But are they the best defense in the NFL right now? I would say, yeah, uh, night and day. Um, I, I believe that they were they were a top 10 defense to start this year. You know, when everyone was was hopping off the bandwagon, we were shedding all the uh, Fairweather fans is they had a squad. They they really did. And it just, you know, they, they've top to bottom. You look at, you know, front seven, 
Uh, you look at your back four. They're just playing well together. And it's like, you know, there's a, a couple standouts, you know, um, you know, Ingram and, and Chris Jones, but everyone's a role player. Like everyone, everyone knows their role. Everyone knows their assignments. They've been battle tested. You know, they've played all the top five teams and gotten their best shot and, you know, made it out limping, of course, for sure, you know, with some L's. But they're battle tested. Uh, they're coming together when it's good. And man, you can't put up points on these guys. And it's just, it's mind boggling for, for me. And then they're not really doing it with, um, I mean, they're doing it with turnovers, but they're not relying on turnovers in the red zone. They're just putting the clamps on people. And that's, that's cool. Cause I mean, turnovers are kind of lucky ish, right? Um, yeah. But they're just, just solid. Just, there's no weak spots right now. I think I saw like 13 turnovers, 15 sacks over the last six games, averaging just like over. 10.8 points per game or just under 11 points per game. It's like 85 bears type stats. And like, it's not being like super Homer to bring up these stats. Like these are stats. These are facts over, I know rotating endpoints and all that kind of stuff. But over the last six weeks, they have been dominant. Tucker, what do you think? Are they the best defense in the NFL? I think as of now, yeah, you, you'd have to say so. Matty Lane called them the 2085 Chicago Ravens oh. um, with the combination <laughs> of the 2000 Ravens and the 1985 Bears. Um, I, I think that that's – that is a little too far um maddie exaggerating that's kind of crazy to think about but um i think uh they, they've been playing really well and, and one of the things that really sticks out to me is over the last you know five weeks they've allowed what you said 11 points you know who's played the last four, six weeks is melvin ingram i think melvin ingram that missing piece kind of coming in and really everything just kind of clicked right i know we talked about in the preseason like the Chiefs do need to another end opposite of Frank Clark, and they didn't really get it. They're like, oh, Chris Jones can play end, and that didn't really work out. He's a lot better at a three-tech because his speed go against the guard is so much better than it is against the tackle. Then they got that other end, and you're like, oh, this is this is it right here. Uh, this is what this is what D-line is supposed to look like if you're going to spend the most money on that defensive line. This is the production you want. Melvin Ingram has helped kind of propel not only Chris Jones to what he is, but Frank Clark has been playing incredibly well. This is probably the best stretch of his career. Um, he, his interior spin move, I know that's going to be looked out by, uh, by Craig Stout, um, I believe tomorrow morning on the hmm. KCSN Substack. We've already been talking about it in the, in the DMs about how they lined everybody up to try to try to get to the looks that they would get from the Raiders. Just a big old chess match. I'll let Craig explain it. And you can read that in your email, uh, kcsn.substack.com. Uh, you can you can find that there because it's just incredible how the Chiefs have have been able to use both Frank Clark, Chris Jones, and Melvin Ingram to create these different looks and create havoc for these offensive lines that don't know what to do when you have to account for three, sometimes four different guys with Tershawn Horton in there, especially on the pass rush. You got to account for all four of those guys. You can't just have uh, one free guy or double team one guy. You got to you gotta put bodies on those guys. So I think that's been a huge part of how this defense has gotten good is, is the, the, the defensive line. Yeah, I think Chris Jones, I think I saw that on Pro Football Focus that Chris Jones and Frank Clark are both in the top five in pressures created over the last six weeks. And so I, I just equate the Chiefs defense to that gift that we've seen of Aiden Hutchinson, the Michigan defensive mm -hmm. end who's running around where he's like, come at me, like just run it right here. And he just completely bull rushes the left tackle. It just feels like every time we've been watching the Chiefs defensive line, they are just absolutely brutalizing opposing offensive lines. All right, guys. Uh Here's the million dollar question that uh, I'm curious if we all agree or we have the same take, but 
did the Chiefs offense figure it out against the Raiders or was this just a product of the Chiefs once again facing less too high looks, which has been the storyline for the last basically all season is the Chiefs have struggled to put up the same kind of numbers than they have in the past. And you look at the stats, they were facing so much too high. Well, the two games they haven't faced a lot of too high are the two games against the Raiders. The only two times they've played less than 40% too high looks. So did Patrick Mahomes go out and throw seven touchdowns and like 8,000 yards against the Raiders because they figured it out or just because they got a look that allows them to go out and make plays. Nick, I'll let you go first. I think what you got is you got uh, <clears throat> two real running back threats to finally get where we thought, you know, Edwards Hilaire and Williams would be last year. And and when you get that sort of production, you can't do that anymore. You know, when, when, when you, you got a running back, you know, when you're, Williams is getting, you know, seven catches for a hundred yards, you can't do that anymore, man. You got to be like, I mean, what you want, man? We'll, we'll, we'll get you from the, from the wheel routes coming out of the backfield or we'll get you on that top end. So, I mean, they've have the chiefs have that ability now to truly stretch the field with, with it ain't about what you have. It's about what the numbers have, have been showing you. And, you know, both mm -hmm. running backs have been catching on the backfield. So that's sort of made defense is sort of like, you know, how do you want to die today? <laughs> Basically. Yeah. The, yeah, the Daryl Williams shoot route is definitely one that, uh, that we've all seen and has now become like kind of his go-to play exactly what i was going to say uh with with daryl williams and and him becoming that third thread essentially after travis kelsey maybe even that second threat because travis kelsey has been kind of been draped this whole season he's becoming that other receiving threat that chiefs fans have been looking for and if i would have told you at the beginning of the season daryl williams would would be doing what he's doing you wouldn't believe me um because just let that dude that his whole career arc isn't is great his his story is is incredible um so it can't happen to a better guy and i and i really just love daryl williams is just like play style and everything and, and nick you mentioned just both of those backs being effective also running the ball just see clyde Edwards slayer and see that vision from clyde Edwards slayer near their goal line was is incredible that uh, this offensive line is built to run the ball so once they can effectively do it like they did against the against the raiders man this defense are in trouble yeah. And, I, and I'm going to agree. I think it's a little bit of both. I think when you give them, when you give the, to the original question of is, is it more of the chiefs figuring out? Is it more just the, the scheme they were facing? I think it's a combination of everything. Obviously you're going to get better looks, but you also judge it based on just how comfortable they look in the pocket. How's Patrick Mahomes look in the pocket? How's the offensive line doing things like getting out in space and setting up the screen game, like what you're talking about, Nick, and that running game and being physical. And those guys are only getting better. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, uh, the physicality up front you're starting to get to the point where some other teams are going to start thinking about the off season start thinking about some of their vacations they're not going to think about wanting to get in there and necessarily do the dirty work which the chiefs offensive line necessarily hasn't had uh, guys with the same intentions in the running game that uh, those guys do up front now so that's going to be funny all right excuse me that's going to be fun to watch as we get closer into into the off season guys the last uh, question i have here for this first segment in front of the queue uh it's a loaded kind of a, a leading question because I already have my answer and I'll start with it is Tyron Matthews, the best free agent signing in the history of the Kansas city chiefs. Um, and I think it's not overly complicated when you look back at the history, you only have a couple of super bowls and the ultimate goal is that, but I don't think we're ever going to give this guy enough credit as much as we give Patrick Mahomes on the offensive side of the ball. Um, we need to give Tyron Matthew equal amount of credit on the defensive side of the ball to set the tone. Um, 
and everything he's doing off the field, on the field. It's just there is no more impactful player, in my opinion, uh, the Chiefs have ever signed. Um, Tucker, what do you think? Yeah, that's my, – my Chiefs history doesn't go back very far because I'm 12 years old. But um, <laughs> I, I, I have to Google, think this. Googling it. Chiefs history as a tab up on my browser right now. Um, but, no, I think that, that you, you got a great point. And there's a lot of midseason acquisitions, too, I started thinking of where you talked – I know that's not the question you asked, but, like, Melvin Ingram, this Melvin Ingram midseason acquisition is, like, one that – trust sucks. It's kind of the same way, too. But I think the Melvin Ingram one is like this could go down in history as like one of the the dumbest trades from the Steelers. Right? A six round pick for that guy? Are Hopkins, you kidding yeah, me? They stink. Yeah, but like they they're do. not going to go anywhere if they had him. And they got Taco Charlton. <laughs> he was a backup. You know, he was a backup Taco time baby in Pittsburgh. You know. Yeah. So I mean, uh, we got Priest Holmes here. Is what what uh, I don't even want to try to pronounce. Chessy, my anti drug, um, on Twitch. Thank you for watching on Twitch. On the Twitch, sorry, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I I don't really. I think it have to be Matthew in, in my head. I think it's the um, I think it's the combo of Matthew and Frank. You know, both signed around the same time, and you got guys who um, you know, a true definition of grit. You got you know, Tyron, you know, grew yeah. up in the in the you know rough parts of New Orleans, and you got Frank who grew up in the rough parts of Los Angeles. So I think it's two cats who are, you know, probably probably used to run the streets back in, you know, in their youths and guys who have, you know, come to be, you know, that that old head, that that OG in the locker room yeah, that guys can get behind because you're not doing that fake Raiders dance on the logo nonsense, man. You know, you're, you're you talk the talk and you walk the walk and you ain't about flash or anything like that. You know, you're about the, the inside of that locker room. Uh, you know, coming together, uh, you know, it, it goes understated, you know, the stuff that Frank, uh, uh, a high paid DN, you know, coming from Seattle, another place with crowd noise, um, you know, where he learned from those guys, you know, how to create, create a defense, you know, how to create a core, uh, you know, with those guys, you know, the Legion of Boom with, with those guys. So Frank, um, I mean, I don't see any of the DNs who, who battle through neck injuries uh, and say quiet about it, you know. Frank don't do much talking, you know, he gets in off the field stuff. Uh, but him and Tyron, man, when they, BJ, when you remember when they, they came together and hugged and was like, oh, this is, that's real chemistry. And you can't fake that yep. stuff. You can't fake that stuff. Raider stuff, no, you can it, fake. You know, you can't fake <laughs> chemistry. <laughs> yeah, they, it seemed like they were trying to conjure something. They were trying Correct. to get themselves going in a very Correct. stupid way. Uh, <laughs> it's going to come back at them for the next several years before. There's uh, the receipts now. Everything's got a receipt attached to it. Exactly. And we talk about Tyron and everything that he's done and not even taking the the off the field stuff like he's exactly what you want a leader to be. And I thought his reaction after the game uh, when asked about the guys stomping on the logo was just a perfect leadership. Like I'm too petty. Like I was pissed and just annoyed. And he was just like champions don't act like that. <laughs> it's just like, like perfect way of just stating like bopping him without being disrespectful. Just a great way to do it. Um, showing great leadership. And who else shows great leadership is Fairway Independent Mortgage. Fairway Independent Mortgage makes the home loan process as simple as possible by guiding you through every step, just as they've done for the past 25 years. Call Jennifer Dixon at 816-390-8898. It's 816-390-8898. Great rates, a focus on customer service, and the fastest turn times in the industry. That's Fairway Independent Mortgage. And Tucker, it's time for your favorite segment, the Tucker's Crown prime beef of the week thanks to our friends at jack stack barbecue and the best meat 
in all of Kansas City. Tucker, <laughs> what's the beef on social media this week? What do you got for us? Well, I think the biggest beef was was the Raiders trying to make a beef. Right? I think that 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 was kind of a big one, and and the Raiders as an organization, their beef with good football. Um, they seem to really hate playing good football. So, um, yeah, uh, it's been a, it's been a short week, right? It seems like after that game, especially with it being a noon game, people kind of turn the page pretty quick. They're onto the Chargers game uh, mentally on, on social on the socials. I've been keeping my finger on the pulse. Uh, it seems like they're ready for this game. It's been a short week. They got to turn the page onto the next one, and I haven't really been been talking much crap to the Chargers. I mean, Raider Cody is obviously doing what he does, but. <laughs> Um, they're just kind of talking into the void at this point. No one's really paying him any attention. Um, so that's kind of the biggest beef is the the Raiders in good football. They don't they don't like each other. Sneak this. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I I really appreciate everybody's passion when it came to stomping on the logo because right? everybody kind of rallied around. It's like, hey, Chiefs Kingdom's got a lot of just internal drama about it, but like, you don't mess with our logo. Like, you don't mess with our stuff. We'll fight amongst ourselves, but don't mess with mm -hmm. our stuff. I like Nick, that. Nick, hey. would that fire you up as a player? Somebody who's jumping around on a logo? Oh, I, I think it's happened two or three times in my career where like, you don't see it because, you know, you're heading to the locker room. So you're like, I don't care what's going on behind me. But someone come in like, hey, they just danced on our effing logo. Um, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's give them the ball first. So our defense can be hyped up and, you know, get them, you know, and it's like, that's what happened, man. It's like, it's, it's karma sometimes, um, you know, bounces at you, you know, life comes at you quick sometimes and just mm. downhill from there. Uh, Hey, shout out to, uh, was it Anna Tobkin who played wheels on the bus? Is that, I was, that? I was just going to say it was either Anna, Kristen Pugh, Brad Young, Rob Albarino. Like that's mm -hmm. the rundown of one of Amazing. them had the idea or they all approved it, but phenomenal amazing great, just the, the, the complete troll job um you know it's like hey we'll be quiet before the game and then we'll talk our talk after the game after we we, we stomp you for doing some dumbness yeah, like that. that's that's the crew from 65 toss power trap and that run the chiefs arrow vision and for yeah. anyone who doesn't isn't following uh they played wheels on the bus go round and round as the raiders left the field um on sunday after disrespecting um our logo and then disrespecting the game of football uh, mm -hmm. with that performance and i don't even want to say that you know as the words come out because that was a beat down that's to take nothing away from what the chiefs just snatched their souls away from them and it was just very satisfying from the very first play from scrimmage you know it's a long game when you do that and you're like you're yeah. like you're like i don't really want to do this but i'm going to back my teammates up like car <laughs> and just like but i'll do it and this is what we get i told you guys not to do this. no matter how <laughs> dumb my teammates say things i will always support them i have their back no matter how dumb do, it is <laughs> do you guys remember a couple of years ago when baker mayfield was with oklahoma and and they went to go shake kansas's hand at the 50 yard line and kansas didn't shake his hand and then kansas In got one. like 50 balled or something yeah <laughs> and it was like the same thing like it was the same it had the same vibes yeah, that was was Kansas that pre last miles? Was that pre last miles or is that less miles? That's pre last miles. Yeah, pre last sure. miles. Like I don't, I don't that I don't get either. Like, why would you do that? Like, it's just that belongs in middle school at best. That might work yeah. in middle school, but I, any other. I thought you were talking about Baker it. taking the flag and playing Bosa. it because yeah. that, that was, was just amazing. Like, That's I will always level. be here for flag planting. I'm four like, eight. You see, that was after that the game visual too. Visual representation. That just symbolism of like we own this place. Like I'm here for it. You exactly. can do all you want after the game, but before the game, that's a little tricky. Yeah, 
it's you can because then when you back it up, like it's the ultimate. Like we just back up. Raiders would come out and bop the two flag. Okay, yeah, yeah. but it was instead game, you're going to be a clown forever. Like it's a bold you can't move, take Cotton. that back. <laughs> that picture of Trayvon Mullen, who again I liked coming out of Clemson, like standing there with like all the memes, the L's, the scoreboard, like all of, I'm here for all of them. Tag yeah. me in every single one. Like I inject it into my veins. I need it. Crying Jordan face from Conrad McGorkin on all the Raiders yeah. on the logo. I mean, all and Scott did that himself. on our post game. Yeah, he no. did it on ours. So, all right, guys, let's move to the final segment. And uh, there's a couple things over the years, Nick. Um, you know, you and I have known each other a long time. Two things I know make you happy: a good happy hour. Oh yeah, and blind <laughs> nil. And luckily yes. for you, Jack Stack's going to help us do both those right now because Jack yes. Stack's got a new happy hour menu. All yes. six Jack Stack locations around Kansas City. You can find deals on drinks. That's wine, cocktails, whatever you're into. $5 wow. baby back ribs, things like that, and much more every Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 in the bar area and patio areas of all of the six Jack Stack locations around Kansas City. That is new. All uniform menus, drinks, Fun food, three to six Jack Stack locations around Kansas City. That's a pretty good happy hour, Nick. Man, that that bar, so they that Jack Stack on 87th and Lenexa took over the old Ignite. And the bar that they created there at that Lenexa mm. location is sublime. It's just pretty. It's straightforward. It faces away from the restaurant, its own little part. They got a nice little outdoor patio. And they make a good old-fashioned. I don't drink old fashions. Ooh. Like I just like bourbon, but they make a damn good old fashioned there. And um, who was our server last week? Jules. 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 Yep. Jules. Man, that. Oof. We'd be and, ba- and we'd be back there now, food. but they're too busy. They, got, too they don't right. have enough room. That's they didn't have enough bad. room for us. So our goal it's will be really to be bad. back there. But uh, always love a good happy hour. So if you're around Kansas City and you're looking to check one out, as we have a little bit of nice weather, you can still get outside on yeah. a patio before it gets a little too cold. Might be a little windy. Over the next couple of days, but get out to Jack Stack BBQ. And now let's let's get into blind nil. Nick, this is your baby, so let's start with you. Yes. <laughs> okay, so with with Aaron Rodgers being the the supreme goat of pocket passers, mm. have you guys been watching Mahomes pocket pocket passing? Have you watched have you watched what 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 our boy has been learning? As the, I don't know. I don't know if I have seen blind football. nil, but I was thinking about it my whole day today. <laughs> I have, I have seen a, I don't want to say concerted effort because when you say that, it makes it seem like you can see someone thinking what I see is somebody more comfortable within their footwork kind of going through. I don't say the progressions. Like I know what's going through his head. He just looks comfortable in the pocket. He's not drifting. He's not kind of moving his feet. Some of those like awkward, get up on his tiptoes and try to like throw it. It was just weird at the beginning of the year. I don't see any of that. So like, those are the things that judge for me, how comfortable and how efficient the offense is being, how close are they to being back is when Patrick Mahomes sitting in the pocket, looking comfortable. And so far that's what it looks like. It's been recently. So I think, I think back to our conversation, BJ, that we had with James Palmer, not on the postgame show, but when we had him on, when everything was going wrong with the Chiefs, right? And I think one of the questions mm-hmm. I asked him was like, what's going on with Patrick Mahomes? I'm a, I think I'm simplifying that question. But um, he basically said, hey, it, 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 it looks bad right now, but what he's doing is he's trying to basically lengthen his career by learning how to be in the pocket and be a pocket passer. Um, it might, there's some growing pains right now, but it's going to be good in the long term. And now we're just seeing that what James said, like 
everyone was ready to say, just let Patrick be Patrick, just snap him the ball and have everyone run around and have him run around. And and that people were ready for that to happen, but it's really paid off for him to get those games in where he did kind of take his lumps. His drops were too deep. He was getting sacked. He wasn't stepping up in the pocket at the right time. He was leaving the pocket when he shouldn't have. Now it looks like he's making all those decisions at the right time because he had those moments where he didn't make the right decisions, right? That's, yeah. some, that's the easiest way to put it, I think. I think it's funny that we're talking about that in the game in which he had the ultimate, I'm going to run to the corner and just F it. Tyreek's down there somewhere, throw back across <laughs> his body, across the wind, the complete opposite direction. Uh, but you're exactly right. Like all those check marks and all those things that, you know, everybody when they go back and watch the game or you just kind of pay attention. Like he doesn't look super comfortable uh, as he was working through things. And as he was working through things, still ranking among the top like six to eight quarterbacks in the league. And now he's getting comfortable and just absolutely tearing things up. Nick, did you have one more point before uh, we move on to the next blind note? Well, yeah. Well, I I think to me, just watching it has been a progression, you know, learning this offensive line. Um, You notice Orlando, Orlando uh, Brown's not in the, in the, in the media anymore for getting sacks, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, Mahomes isn't drifting back 10 yards. Um, you know, he, he is comfortable. There was a learning process and, you know, the Mahomes used to make his hay on those uh, quarterback sneaks where, or not sneaks, but where, you know, where he'd run out. And then the delayed blitz from Baltimore uh, really kind of crushed that. And so Mahomes had to adapt, you know, Andy Reid had to adapt. And so, you know, best way to do it is stay in your castle uh, and play like Brady. You know, play like Rodgers, you know, make, make some plays yeah. if you can. I mean, that's the way you have a long career, and that's how you, you know, you win championships. All right. Again, appreciate everybody for tuning in to this episode of Outside the Trenches presented by our good friends at Jack Stack BBQ. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff. We are in our final segment and our blind nil where we each bring a different topic that the other two are not aware of uh, to close this thing out. Guys, my blind nil segment, what I want to know from you guys, and this is a weird one, but follow me. Nick, you're going to like it. If you could insert yourself into any Christmas movie ever made and you just live in like that time, that movie, whatever's going on, your, your friends or your family, like, or the characters in the movie, whatever it is, what movie would you insert yourself into? And I will start to give you guys time to think about this really odd duck. And it was going to be football movie, but it's Christmas. So I, I switched it to Christmas movie. Mine is going to be Christmas vacation. I feel like Clark Griswold and I would get along. Um, He just thrives in chaos. And I feel like as running a company, Tucker can kind of attest to this. I function better when there's a billion things going on uh, from a billion different ways. Um, And so, and I just absolutely love that movie and I love Christmas. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, Christmas vacation. I think hanging out with uncle Eddie and throwing some back would be, uh, would be interesting. Clarification. Uh-oh. I need a clarification before Tucker answers. Uh-huh. Are we talking about clarif- are we talking about a character or just existing in that world? In you that, existing in, that, in that world. You as a person, the way you are going into that world. You don't so get to be like Clark, Clark Griswold's Eddie. neighbor. <laughs> right? Yes. Is that or not 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 Margo and <laughs> on the other side of him. I thought you were going to be like Margo's brother. I'm like, if you want to insert yourself in that family, you can. <laughs> okay, I got you. Yeah. I don't okay. know Margo. <laughs> Those tracksuits are phenomenal. I have I've watched that movie awesome. tw- twice this weekend. I've watched that movie. Um get tis the season, you know. Um first my first thought was um 
was Christmas Vacation. That's that's I think my favorite one. Home Alone I think would be a good one to get to do all those pranks and stuff with uh, Kevin McAllister. That would be yes. fun. And then that's a good and then, one. I didn't even think about that. And then Die Hard. Um, yeah, that'd, be movie. Uh, that'd be the sick. That'd be sick to be in Die Hard. Detective John McClane, right? Is that John Bruce? McClane, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Wait. yeah, it is. Yes. It's John Holly Holly Gennaro Holly McClane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, those um, are my answers. I, I just actually, I'm just like causing trouble. Apparently, I'm just a uh, just a real menace to society in both of those movies. But it's truly okay. are no, you know, yeah. it, it, I'll hijack this for a sec because what actually got me started on this is the other night I watched uh, Last Action Hero. If you remember that movie, oh wow, I've only seen snippets and I know Tucker's never even heard of it. Okay, great right. Arnold Schwarzenegger flick. Completely off. That's topic, a really good. But that's re- a great premise. They remake <laughs> like every movie ever. They remake Blade Runner, all of those. Last Action Hero is one of those movies they could probably remake with like The Rock because it would be good. Uh, or somebody in like the premise and the idea and the story behind it. Like you could Brilliant. do something cool with that Brilliant. nowadays. And that's what got me thinking of like, what would be a cool movie to go into? And it led to this blind nil, started with football. And then I was like, that, you know, we'd all say the little giants or something. And then no, I would not. To... Don't say we all would say that. I've never. Okay, you would pick. Movie. Don't you dare, BJ. You know me better than that. You would pick North Dallas 40 because it's your See, favorite. You know me better than ever. know me better than that. That's correct, BJ. That's correct. And why you. is that? And why is that? I know. I know your body. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like in the medicine the cabinets to get there. <laughs> there it is. This is going off the rails. All right, Nick, no, what movie would you hey, put Tucker, yourself into? If you say Tucker, let me translate to Gen Z. Um, have you okay. seen Scream? Have you seen Scream? Yeah. So, you know, it's like a serious movie, but it's like it redoes all the the horror genres yeah yeah that's last action hero okay but but it turns into real life and then <laughs> characters are like like arnold tries to punch through a, a car window and he can't because it's not breakaway in the real world and then they go to gotcha. the, like the like the cinematic world like it's a really really it, amazing concept it <laughs> is tucker netflix go look it up watch it okay, arnold Schwarzenegger, like it. in his prime You'll like it, but it's it's funny that you brought up Die Hard because in Last Action Hero he goes in, but even though like it's gunfire, like an action movie, like he's in the he can't get hurt because like he's with the hero, the hero doesn't get hurt, so like he's fine. So it's like going into Die Hard and you're with John McClane, but like you're invincible. Right, yeah. Please run around doing whatever. Right, um uh, <laughs> Nick, what would you go into? So if if we're looking at getting into like the Marvel universe, um, I'm gonna go like full on um trippy. And I'm going to say the Talk stop motion claymation <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'd like to see what I look like claymation. It's not, is it claymation or stop, it's stop motion? It's stop motion, yeah. With, that's what I want to be. I want to hang out with like the abominable God, snowman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, I, I'm, I'm going to say that all day too. Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> and the abominable awesome. snowman who just had a toothache. But that's, that's the world I want to live in. I want to live in that world. You know, like, awesome. move like, hey, Santa, how are you? Right. This mm-hmm. weird I like little it. Christmas vacation, die hard, <laughs> claymation, like Clay- completely <laughs> different answers. <laughs> Very fitting. All right, Tucker, what do you got for blind? blind no question to suck, up Tucker. This show? Yeah, my, my blind no question is going to suck because it has to do with football. Um, I know. So lane, with bro. The, the, the large grocery list of injuries that the Chargers have, would you rather play a team? I, I saw this discussion kind of going on in the chat over here. Would you rather play a team that's like fully healthy and you beat them, you know, 
you feel good about it? Or would you rather play a team with a full grocery list of injuries and win? I, I'll say this, if in the context of you want to go up against the best and you want to like give yourself like that look against the best players in the league and go up against good teams to get your team ready and know where you're at, uh, I would say yes. But because of the schedule the Chiefs have already played this year, they've already done that. So yeah. I would assume you just every starter on every team has like a minor like close contact with COVID and can't play. So like they don't have COVID, so they're not hurt, but like can't play in the game because I don't That's wish positive. injury or sickness on anybody. <laughs> right, right. But right. Uh, yeah, I just assume, you know, give everybody a rest, which means playing like the third stringers. Um, take rid get rid of them all because they've already played the best teams in the AFC, best teams yeah. in the league. Um, outside of the Aaron Rodgers State Farm Bowl that got ruined because of COVID. Um, listen, it's Thursday game, so one sucks. You do the only good part about a Thursday is that you get your free weekend, and you do two, you do three walkthroughs, and then you go to the game. <laughs> so that's the only good thing of Thursday. Um, Unless you're a close contact, and then you yeah, don't get any practice, exactly. you just get to go to the game. And if you're a rookie, if you're a rookie, it's the only time you ever feel like a 15 year vet. Um, is warming up for that that Tuesday or Wednesday practice on a, on a on a walkthrough, but honestly, um, if it, when I was a player and you'd see like the top D lineman was ruled out like on a Thursday, you were like, oh my god, thank the Lord, <laughs> right? Correct. You're like, I want everyone to have like a, like a, like a like a hurt. We would say we would say, man, I hope you know Rashawn Slater, you know, gets an upset tummy. You know, I, mm. I hope that, you know, he's, he can't, you know, it's not, you don't wish death or leg injuries, but I hope he has an upset stomach before the game and is unable to play today type thing. Mm-hmm. So fact, Thursday, yeah. late in the season, W is a W counts for, for that first round buy. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, quite, literally blood in the water. quite literally <laughs> blood in the water with Frank Clark and the defensive line and Rashawn Slater, not knowing if he's going to play with that, like it sack bonus. <laughs> yeah that, that's so that's my train of thought especially now it's like you just have to collect wins at this point with the race or the one seed with uh, the patriots and and seeing who's gonna win there um but yeah i think it would be nice to beat the chargers fully healthy because they did beat the chiefs early on in the season right and so you're saying okay That'd be kind of nice. But at this point, there's no such thing as a normal Thursday night game. All Thursday night games are weird. Something weird's going to happen. It's going to be an ugly game. It'll probably be like 12 to 6 um, just because that's what Thursday night games are. Or, or yeah, so it's either going to be a very low-scoring game or an extremely high-scoring game, and I don't think that yeah. there's anything in between. Um, so with that, you just kind of have to take take what you're given and, and, and just get out of there with as as few lumps as you can. Yeah, and it's definitely been a Jekyll or Hyde season for the Chargers where we've seen the best of them. Obviously, they're coming out and playing really well against us, but going out and they just got smoked by the Ravens 34 to 6. They went out and lost to the Broncos by a couple of touchdowns a few weeks ago, lost to the mm-hmm. Vikings, but then they come out and just take care of business over the last couple of weeks, scoring 78 points over the last two weeks. But they haven't to go up, they haven't had to go up against the league's number one defense over the last six weeks. That would be the Chiefs giving up just under 11 points per game. We appreciate everybody for tuning in to this episode of Outside the Trent. Nick, you're shaking your head. What thoughts do you got? Are you? Just Man, I wish. Just- I wish. I wish we could finish this podcast like last week when I was. We had wings and uh, some food on order. Man, I'm really disappointed because <laughs> I'm hungry right now. 
So, I'm just really disappointed same. that Jack Stack is so busy that they did not have enough room for us in Lenexa. So hopefully they have they're less busy and they have room for us to come into their event center. But we appreciate Jack Stack obviously for being a sponsor of this show. We appreciate all of you out there for listening and for spending part of your Tuesday with us if you're tuning in live or whether you're listening to the podcast on Apple after the fact. We appreciate you. And don't forget, we've got more podcasts over the next couple of days. Check out one-on-one with Mike DeVito and Jeff Allen. Those guys will record, break stuff down. Again, breakdowns from Matt Castle each week, breaking down Patrick Mahomes. Derek Johnson, if you've heard of that guy, he breaks down the Chiefs defense on the KC Sports Network YouTube channel. So make sure you go there and subscribe so you don't miss any of that good content. And we will be going live after the game on Thursday night. And we'll be raffling, raffling off the 18 prizes as part of the soul of KC holiday raffle and toy drive. Thank you so much for everybody who donated to that. We will be raffling off those prizes, but thank you very much, Nick. You keep laughing. We're going to let you take us home, man. I want to see that Maddie lane. Is that Maddie lane doing the, uh, the Frank Clark breakdown? Uh, Craig will be doing that. Craig, uh, Maddie Craig and is- Maddie and Matt will be breaking down um, some film from Patrick Mahomes um, and then they're going to go to the whiteboard, talk about what they could see from the Chargers on Thursday. So that that's always that's been a fun one. So those breakdowns are good stuff. I get to I get to watch them all as they happen. That's a treat. Yeah, here you get to hear the, the strangest breakdowns, and over there you get X's and O's and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so you get a little bit of everything here at KC Sports Network. We appreciate your yep. support. Again, be good to each other, and we will see you next time.